Uh, uh, <laughs> Sandy! Oh, that's too loud. Sorry, I that was too loud. Did I blow your ears away? You're not killing them. Sandy! Okay. okay, I'm gonna take my last iced oh, coffee. Oh, shite, shite, shite. Um, I'm ready. Oh, we hot. Mm, we we hot. fucking hot. We're ready to go, oh, Stephen. Stephen, you're a little too hot with that. Too hot? Yeah. Mm, too hot. Because um, he sounds <clears throat> like a drag. <clears throat> what? Because he sounds like a drag. It's uh, Rizzo, it? Summer. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, sure. That, yeah. Not a line that I. Stood out to me, apparently. It's apparently. Like one of her only ones in the song. In the song, well. Yeah. Great. Well. Does she say it like that? Because he sounds like a drag. Yeah, I'm trying. I can't remember what the guy <laughs> saying. He sounds like to, a drag. No, it's probably no, no, like no, that. No, yeah. no, no. It's like, because uh, uh, she's like, uh, I can't remember, like, uh, more, tell me what more. What rhymes with drag? Um, Stag. Bag. Hag. Uh, uh, Gag. Uh, well, let's just get to I that later. <clears throat> um, may I? May I go first? Oh no! <clears throat> oh, oh! Uh, I don't know. May you? Watch your levels, Stephen. Okay. I don't know. May you? <laughs> Thank you. That's better. Yeah. I think. Um, I am ready. I would like to. I've got something to get rid of, which is. An action of my own doing that I'm sure other people perhaps do as well that I just need, I want to get rid of. Um, but you don't gotta brag. Oh, did you look it up just now? Nice. No, I just remembered <laughs> it. I, you just happen to be typing stuff yeah. and looking at your screen as well. Yeah. Nice. Uh, now we figured out the solution. Do you want to get rid of what do you want to get rid of? Well, no. I was going to say, and then you, well, you okay. Me, did I interrupt you? Uh, yeah, but that's okay. That's fine. Um, okay. What I want to get rid of is not... Uh, is not peeing when you have the chance when you live in New York City, right? Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was there right before we came to this mm. this studio to record. Um, I I always tell myself I I like it'll I'll go a while where like I'm good, nothing happens, so I don't even think about peeing, and then there'll be a day where I'm like why didn't I pee? I knew I should have when I was at that coffee shop and then I didn't and I knew I'd have to be on the train for an hour and then like, yikes, dangerous. And so then I, then it becomes like a mantra again. I have to re-remind myself, but it's like, if you live in New York City, any chance you get that you're near a bathroom, take it, right? Yeah. Just take it. So what's, I, yeah. What's mm. your, so you what? So I'm just like, I want to get rid of this behavior of mine mm-hmm. uh, and just Take every bathroom yeah. chance. Like, you, like, like a child. Your, your hubris of being like, mm-hmm. I can make it. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. My bladder's good. My bladder's huge. Yeah, a little bit, but I'm I've got plenty of time. Yeah. What's yeah. your favorite? So have you ever had it where you're like, oh, I'm actually not going to make it and you had to like get off the train early? Um, uh, I, well, not like get off the train early, but I have had it where like if you... What I learned was, as long as you're not wearing pants, so this might not work for men. Yo, where's this going? If you just, if you just, I'm going there, I'm going there. Oh, no, just, no, no, not like anything uh, that you're not supposed to do legally. But if you just let a tiny bit out, then you can hold the rest. 
That's one of my most embarrassing... I'm not going to say like when and where this happened. This is my most embarrassing memory and I'm now sharing it you to know, whoever is listening. I... Without specifics. I, um, <laughs> I happen to know a person mm-hmm. who... Um, did way more than let a little bit out. Um, uh, intentionally? Uh, no. Oh, um, no. Well, that's the difference. Is if yeah. you're like, okay, I'm intentionally... Stop it and then hold it back up. Then you're good for a little while and you can until you find a bathroom. I find that like when I... At if least. I do that, then I'm like... I'm... It's much harder. Yeah. That once yeah. I like... Once I open the gates, it's like much harder. So you have to get tried this. Closed. I, as in like, I've literally like, sometimes I have tried, I haven't ever done that, okay. but I have <laughs> been say like, with judgment, Steven. I have been like, Oh, but between one and two, I know exactly which one I need to do right now. And then I've realized that I've been wrong and tried to move. And like I'm what? like nope what I've got to finish oh, this up. Oh, you mean between in, number like, one and number like two? A, like I've been like oh, because for men, yeah, I've I'm just gonna do this that. urinal job right now, and then I'm like oh maybe, oh maybe I actually mm. need to be at a yeah. toilet right now. I've always <laughs> wondered how men do that because for women it doesn't matter. <laughs> right, you're like if I get a surprise, it's <laughs> right, always it's like, welcome. I'm safe. Right. That's, yeah, then uh, you just stand there and you're like, oh, I oh, hmm, just kidding, I should right? Because you're like releasing, so like whatever you're releasing is gonna try to come out. Right, and <laughs> so then you let go, like you try to stop it, and you're like, oh no, no, not happening. Gotta keep going. Gotta That's just awkward. finish yeah, yeah, the yeah, job yeah, yeah, here. Yeah. Start a whole new job. New job. There. Yeah, you on the clock. clock out. Clock, clock back in. in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, mm. Great. Great. Yeah. So uh, That's mine. Yeah. Very nice. What about you? Um. <laughs> Uh, okay uh i am myself same issue as every week um i've got three Um, today um which one do you want a b c b b okay this i want to get rid of (laughs) heavy water baby um yeah do you mean heavy by that i mean that uh so new york um Mm. as they say Mm. has great um, water great water is it light Um, water well yeah i would say light water um i like low calorie um no it's not diet water Mm. um It uh, I as as told um, on the previous episode, I have recently been to Charleston, mm. and I was using the same bath products there as as I do in New York, mm-hmm. uh, peeing in the shower just the same, and mm. uh, for some reason, as I, I would like boom, same hair product, uh, same everything, <laughs> for some reason. My hair, just like flat, like Mm. just absolutely flat. And I don't like care about that necessarily, but like, I mean, I was going to a wedding, so I was in a position to want the way that I looked to be like a a half to a a full step, a a good day. Mm -hmm. That's what I wanted to be. I don't want to be like going onto a runway, but I want it to be like of my best right. days. Because it's not about you and right. you'd be like, whoa. Right. Leah. I want to look in the mirror and think, hey man, <laughs> it's it's not offensive that you're in that mirror. <laughs> um and so I was like, damn it, what is the deal? Why is it so flat? Because especially uh it's very humid. That was gonna be my question if it was about humidity. Well, that's the thing. It's very humid where I'm from, and everyone that I 
every the the common complaint seems hmm. to be that humidity increases right. uh, Volume, voluminosity and frizziosity. Um, frizz- yes. yes, we um, the peak frizziosity mm. and voluminosity uh, because of the uh, Bernoulli's principle um, and the way that uh, the barometric don't stop now uh, don't you dare stop now uh, aquification mm. of the atmospheric one incidence more. one more big um, one it uh, indubitably would be <laughs> presumed to be um an instigator of uh, volume. Um, we're going to put a period on that. <laughs> <laughs> holding my breath that whole sentence. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, I see. Okay, got it. So it would not be the fault of the humidity that your hair was flat because that's the opposite of what humidity typically does. Right. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I just, I was like, it must be the water. Mm. I was wondering, like, maybe there is, like, if it's more, like, mineral rich... Maybe it could be like bonding with the hair or something. There's something about it. It's heavy water, baby. Science here. There's something. Yeah, something. Science is sciencing. Your science hair. Yeah, Yeah. my science hair. Like I don't. I don't like the science that's sciencing. No, no, it's bad science. Right. So I would like to uh, end both bad science (laughs) and the very scientific problem of of heavy water. Great, let's right. get rid of it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Love it. Shall we let's, let's, move on? Shall we let's? Yeah, so let's get into it. Okay. Welcome <laughs> to Should We Keep This? The Cultural Review podcast you know and love that mm-hmm. looks back over the past 50 years of film, music, television, challenging your nostalgia to get at the question... Should we? Should we? Should we? Stephen Moskis. I'm a sultry Gina Stevenson. And today we're talking about the Deer Hunter and Greece. Yeah. Shall, shall we drop these voices now? I like that. Uh, no, that was you, very nice. Sure. But Great. yeah, just yeah. 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 I'm, I'm yeah, ready yeah, yeah. to do cool. that. Um, it's the year we, 1978. 1978. Um, do we want to, why don't we start with Greece? Let's do it. Um, hit us with that sweet, sweet, sweet sum-sum, synopsis. That synopsis. Well, first, although there is something different about this week, which are, we'll are say we gonna, in a moment. Are we, are we well, no, doing this I have now? A, no, no. I have a tagline, despite the fact that I. We'll say we'll say the next thing. My tagline might be wrong. Like but the year of the blank. Exactly. Great. So this is the year of hanging with my besties. Interesting. Is Not that, bad at all. Is that okay? Good. You know, great, I good, was great. I was thinking I was like because I, I was prepared to, as some might say, uh, pick up the slack. Oh. Um, <laughs> but I was I was thinking like in, in most in line with that I was gonna I was thinking of uh, the year of fitting in. Mm. Um, I was also thinking uh, the year of second gen Americans, and uh, which I was like, oh, this is kind of vaguely in Greece, but uh, yeah, I, I'm curious about. It. And I think that there might be uh, some uh, anti-Italian mm-hmm. racism. Mm-hmm. There in are Greece there as definitely well. some, there was some mm-hmm. presumed inleaguedness. 
that I never noticed before. Hmm. Um, also, the year of men talking sex shop. Sex shop? Sex said? shop. Like mm-hmm. talking shop, mm-hmm. sex shop. shit. Yeah. You know, talking sex breeze, shop. you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, but it's all sexy like, so the chicken mm, sex shop. Nice. Uh, and then also the year of freaking A. <laughs> so you don't, do you get that one? Nope. You get that one, Does right? that happen? You get that. Yeah, because I saw them both. Right. Um, well, I, thanks for being ready to take up the slack. Yeah, I was, I was you were very ready to over prepared, but yeah. So then, but I have multiple uh, options as awkward, I want to do. Yeah. Um, well, I just gave one. We'll just no, but the, I, the, was, yeah. I just wanted to say that I liked it. So cool, cool, hit cool. Us with thanks. That sweet, 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 sweet. <laughs> 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 Great. I'll do that. So, Grease. This is the top grossing film of mm-hmm. 1978. This is a musical rom com. Um, it's set in the 1950s. Uh, and it begins with two teenagers, Danny and Sandy, splashing around on the beach, spending a summer together, young and in love. I didn't notice that till this time. Um, But the school year is approaching, and Sandy's family is moving back to Australia, so they have to part ways. Very sad. So then we jump to the at the beginning of a new school year at Rydell mm-hmm. High School, um, where Danny reunites with his crew, and they're the members of the T-Birds. They're all greasers, which they've got a lot of grease in their hair. They wear leather jackets. They're very, very cool, and they're very concerned about <laughs> seeming cool. Um, his best fr- his best pal is is Kaniki in the group. Uh, and meanwhile, at the same time, Sandy arrives at the same school because it turns out her family's plans have changed. What are the chances? Uh, she meets the pink ladies. Crikey. Crikey. <laughs> Australia. Um, Frenchie, uh, Rizzo, and others of the pink ladies. You uh, left out my favorite one. I'm what's, sorry. I don't, honestly don't remember their names. What uh, other two? Marty oh, is Marty. Marty. Ma- yeah. It is Marty. Marty Maraschino. With, yeah, Marty. Yeah. Right, right, Marty. Like cherry. Like oh, the cherry. We're gonna talk about that. We're gonna talk about a lot of things. Um, and they're all so they're all seniors. Uh, and it was also announced on the first day of school that Rydell is going to host the national bandstand dance competition. Oh my god! Um, so then later on, there's a pep rally, uh, and Kaniki arrives with his beat up car that he wants to rebuild and race at Thunder Road, which is like cool racing, street racing spot. Um, and we also meet this like rival gang, the Scorpions. They have like, you know, fire shoots out of the back of the car. Very, very cool. Um, And at this pep rally, Sandy and Danny are brought back together, reunited. Um, But Danny uh, acts like a jerk because he (laughs) rocking and rolling. Sandy! (laughs) Right. uh, what are you doing? Oh, changed. Right. Oh, wait. oh, huh. <laughs> yo, huh. that's cool. Uh, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. You know. Danny, what's wrong with you? Uh, you know, there's a uh, rocking and rolling or whatnot. <laughs> whatnot, yeah. yeah. You're not the Danny I know. I don't know. Maybe there's two of them. There's two of us. We should fill out a missing person report. Take the yellow pages. All right. Nice. We got the whole scene. Thank you, Stephen. So, yeah, Sandy is very upset by this, obviously. So, Frenchie invites her to come over for a sleepover um where Rizzo pressures Sandy into like smoking a cigarette drinking because Sandy is a good girl she doesn't do those things um and we also learn there that Frenchie is planning on dropping out of high school to go to beauty school um Rizzo that same night sneaks out a window and she like goes off with Kaniki uh they go to like make out point or whatever where we learn that like despite all the like big talk Kaniki is actually a virgin yeah um they have sex but the well the con he's like got my condom like bottom yeah, my six 25 grade. insurance, insurance policy, policy. <laughs> <laughs> but it breaks because it was from like, like the seventh grade yeah. um but she's like eh, and they have sex anyways um 
Then the next day, I think, or at some point later, Danny apologizes to Sandy about acting so badly. He's trying to, like, explain, you know, how it is. I got a reputation. Um, But she, again, is sort of like, nope, whatever. And she started dating this very dumb football player. Uh, And so Danny tries to, like, learn some sports in order to prove to Sandy that, you know, he cares about her. He's interested in her. And uh, so he, like, has this whole crazy montage where, like, the the, uh, coach is like, maybe you try this sport. Maybe you try that. And I'm like, wow, this coach is giving a lot of personal attention to this one guy mm-hmm. um and it does in fact like win sandy like she sees him making an effort so she's happy they like sort of start seeing each other although danny is still kind of like trying to keep it under wraps because he knows that she's not very cool right um and meanwhile frenchie has dropped out of beauty school because it turns out that it was harder than she expected not what she expected uh so that's just a little thing that happens. Um, the National Bandstand dance competition approaches. Uh, Danny and Sandy go together, but at the end they like get separated. When and Danny ends up winning the competition with Cha Cha, who is like the one, this woman who's dating the Scorpion Gang leader. Crater face. Crater face. Uh, and so Sandy is understandably upset. Right? They're dancing very sexy together. Mm. Um, Rizzo thinks she's pregnant, um, but she tells Kaniki that's not his. Right, and then she's sort of like ostracized, judged, rumors spread, people will think she's a slut. Thunder Road happened. There's like a lot of things that just happened. Thunder Road, it's time for Thunder Road now. The, they've fixed up the car and it's nice. Uh, but Kaniki gets knocked out right before the race is supposed to start. So Danny has to race uh, and he races the crater face guy and he ends up winning. Sandy watches all this and she's like, you know what? I have to change who I am. I have to not be so afraid if I want to really like win Danny over. Um, so then there's this end of the year carnival. A whole school year has passed in this time. Rizzo is actually not pregnant, turns out. And so Kaniki's like, woo, thank God. And they get back together. Um, Danny arrives at the carnival in this Letterman sweater. Like, you know what, guys? Uh, I have to, I care about Sandy. I have to prove myself to her. So like, he's, he's like, never mind. I, you know, I don't care as much about like what you guys think. Cause I care about Sandy, right. but then she arrives and she's in leather and she's got her hair all teased and she's all sexy. And he's Tell like, never mind. Stud. Exactly. So then he like takes off his letterman jacket and he's like, never mind. Uh, and they love each other now, apparently. Uh, and everybody sings and dances about how they're going to be friends forever. Uh, and that's the end of Greece. Yeah. Take it away, Stephen. What about the yeah. cultural impact? Uh, I mean, how many times have you seen this movie? A lot. This yeah. was probably like my fourth or fifth time. I've never seen it on stage. I've never seen the musical on stage. Same. Uh, but I've seen this movie several times. I've never seen like Grease 2 or whatever. Uh, I saw it but... like when I was like 12. Mm. It's allegedly quite awful. That's what um, I've heard, yeah. Though it does have Michelle Pfeiffer. That's cool. Uh, yeah. Um, and then there was this other, like the, the actor who was in it, he like is super bitter because he was like he was in the elephant man like off broadway or whatever mm-hmm. and so people thought he was going to be like the next big thing and then he feels like grease 2 killed it mm-hmm. but well, michelle mm-hmm. pfeiffer went on so it's true not your yeah. fault dude yeah, i mean not man. i mean your fault dude yeah, your not fault, grease's dude. fault yeah um <clears throat> but yeah so this was uh based on the 1971 broadway musical like you said um oh i should lend my own stuff yeah i've seen it like oh, yeah. bajillion mm-hmm. times pretty much always on cable mm-hmm. which is like a, a big thing there's a lot of things that like get cut cut out i think mm-hmm. um but yeah uh i just feel like i feel like these songs are just 
everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, particularly summer nights. Mm-hmm. Um, but and you better shape up. Right, right. Those, right, those two, I feel like. Yeah, because yeah. I need, need a man. man. Exactly. And my heart is set on you. Nothing left, nothing left for me. Sorry. Um, but yeah, it's based on a 1971 musical uh, that ran on Broadway. And it was up until, I think, a chorus line. It was the longest running uh, Broadway musical. Um, mm-hmm. And then like chorus line took that. And then uh, I believe Phantom took that. Um, and now Chicago, the revival, it's not important. Um, <laughs> but then, um, yeah, it like was made for $6 million. It made $160 million domestically. Um, the things that I think are, but in addition to the song, um, you know, uh, things like that's my name, don't wear it out. Mm-hmm. Um, comes to that, the, the, um, I feel like this is the ma- main movie that gets talked about when people anytime someone makes a reference to like adults playing teenagers Mm, this movie is like (laughs) yeah the this like epitomizes yeah that yeah there's some people where i'm like wait a minute i feel like you're like 35 what are you doing particularly (laughs) cha-cha actually cha-cha oh my god yeah Yeah, she is a Middle-aged woman. Right. Like, <laughs> Olivia Newton-John was, like, 30. I think uh, wow. John Travolta was, like, 28. But mm-hmm. Cha-Cha, you're, like, you're distinctly... Yeah, older. you're, like, 40. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then this was, like... Uh, oh, also, even, something I think is uh, interesting is the hand jive mm-hmm. has, like, been around since the 40s. But I feel like this movie carries like carries the legacy of the hand jive. Like when I learned it in mm-hmm, PE mm-hmm, in, mm-hmm. in elementary school, <laughs> we learned it to the, that the song. song. Born to hand jive or right, whatever it's called. Yeah, because yeah, mm-hmm. like the other um I like was like looking it up and like the original song is like oh they're doing that hand jive. You know, it's got that same sort of like blues feeling, mm-hmm. but like also everyone in it is just kind of like doing random oh they're not doing oh okay yeah they're not in the video in the video that was made at least at that time Mm -hmm. and they are not the like right 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 clap clap yeah clap clap wiggle 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 it's really hard to describe it i was looking up a description and it was saying that like it's uh it could be seen as similar to patty cake and i'm like yeah that really really makes it sound cool cool patty cake it's an adult more sexual patty cake. <laughs> um, and then, um, um, also something fun, distractingly large amount of things using grease as the word mm. to like talk about the country the grease. The word. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. It'll be like if, if something is about Greece, like it, they're, they're like sitcoms where people go to Greece and the title will be called Greece is the Word mm-hmm. or just like even like informational stuff about Greece, like mm. Greece is the Word. I'm like, that pun, that tired pun. Nice, nice, good pun. Good, good pun. pun. Good word play. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, this is the peak of John Travolta's like first career. Um, <laughs> From like seventy five to eighty was like his like big bang, mm-hmm. um, and then 
because he started with Welcome Back, Connor, and then went to Midnight Cowboy. Um, this was... This was Midnight Cowboy? What? Or, okay. John Travolta? Which one is the other one? Urban? Urban Cowboy? Fucking kill me. Oh, a different cowboy. Uh, there's a different know. cowboy roughly 10 years later. It's Urban. I typed it Midnight. I sure did. Um, it's all good. Who cares? I mean, we've, yeah. Urban Cowboy. Um, and... Uh, something cool is that this was the like second highest grossing uh, soundtrack, uh, second to uh, the Stayin' Alive soundtrack, which both John Travolta movies, which is kind of fun. Um, Good and job. then, uh, yeah, he had a dip in the 80s. There were, um, he just did a number of, films that were poorly rated and then he, he didn't come back until the 90s um but to Olivia Newton-John a similar success period big in the 70s and then kind of uh in the 80s she like after this movie her career followed a similar trajectory to like Sandy she was kind of a a like straight-laced pop and country star and then it was like after Greece she started doing like get physical and that kind of thing <laughs> um, and then she went away and then she returned in 88 um, which is a, a not far from Look Who's Talking which was John Travolta's return um, uh, and she was praised for like coming back and really do, making pop music that was like more mature and like singing about the AIDS epidemic and single parent households and the environment. And I think that's cool that she like mm -hmm. took a more um, like philanthropic approach to sure. like what she was writing songs about. Right. And to um, her fame. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, Jeff Conaway plays uh, Kanicki. He was in, he was, he started as a swing on, in Greece on Broadway. Mm -hmm. um, that was like, his break and then he eventually went on as a replacement for Danny um, because Barry Boswick was the original uh, the original Danny and then Travolta eventually came in to that production but as duty do you remember I, yeah duty from <laughs> duty. the from like one of the duty. three stooges basically in yeah, the two birds yeah um, he wasn't duty he wasn't Putsy, and he wasn't like the Italian -y one. Yeah. Putsy's the blonde one. Right, right. I'm trying to remember the Jane. third one, but I can't. Uh, the other one was like, um, he would speak like Italian words. Right, 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 right. Yeah. yeah. Um, he was the one that was like, I hate to do this. Sunny. But I think his name one. is Sunny. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but then he actually, during the filming of Grease Light, so he was going to. Basically, he was poised to have like a good career. He immediately, like after Greece, he went on to be a series regular in Taxi, and but he was let go from there because while filming Greece, uh, the sequence for Greece Lightning, he fell um, and hurt his back, and after that, struggled with uh, lifelong dependency to painkillers. He was let go from Taxi. Because of this is Kanicki, right? Mm -hmm. mm, wow. Problems from uh, drug addiction, and then basically that plagued him for the rest of his life uh, into his death. Actually, oh my god, yeah. um, very sad. No, very sad because he is like really charismatic and fun. Um, yeah, no, he's great. Um, da -da -da. Stockard Channing 
Um, this is one of her earlier roles. Um, she had already, she was like, she had already worked with John Guar, which she has had sort of a lifelong professional relationship with with the playwright John Guar doing uh, House of Blue Leaves and uh, Six Degrees of Separation and a number of his plays. Um, Barry Pearl, who plays Duty, I swear to God, he did not, the rest of, basically below Stockard Channing, no one really went on to have a career. Um, but Barry Pearl, mark my words. I want you to get on your Google right now. I'm getting on my Google. Look up Barry <laughs> Pearl. And tell me that he is not going to play Chuck Schumer Girl. in the TV movie. Ah! Right? <laughs> oh, man. I was like, holy shit. Wow. Um, Look at him. Yeah, that's yeah. Chuck. Hey, Chuck. Yeah, like that, he looked straight up Chuck Schumer. Putting them side by side to like, just to, you know. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's the same person. That that that's literally the same is the person. same person. Dee Dee Cohn, who played Frenchie, um, the only as far as far as I'm aware, the only um, person to reprise um, their role in Grease Two. Oh, mm-hmm. good for her. Yeah, right. Good for her. Good for her. Yeah. Um, but then, so she had a, she never really her career never really took off. But when she did have a. A child with autism and from that time through now has been really really highly active in like autism philanthropy and uh, mm. charity work mm. um, so that mm. we got it we got some good people here mm-hmm. um, the producer Randall Kleiser um, it was his second film he also went on to do uh, Blue Lagoon Honey, I Blew Up the Kid. Red Riding Hood. Kids. No, Honey, I Blew Up the Kid. What? Yeah. Oh, I'm thinking of Honey, honey, I Shrunk shrunk the Kids. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Honey, We Shrunk Ourselves. I Shrunk the Kids. I I Blew Up the Kid. Yeah. What about Uh, I Shrunk the Kids? I Shrunk the Kids? Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Yeah. Okay. Uh Uh-huh. That's the one that like has the little park that you can go to. Mm. I love that one. Yeah, no, that's the one that I remember. Wait, but which one did he do? I think I blew up the kid. I blew up the kid. Yeah. That sounds very violent. That's the only one oh I had on. It doesn't crazy. explode. Oh, like he like made him he bigger? Made him big. <laughs> I thought it was like I blew up the kid. Oops. He's gone. Oh, no. He <laughs> ate my... I made a tiny little bomb <laughs> and he ate it. Choking as... I, anyway, that's not uh, funny. Honey, I shrunk it's not the funny, bomb Steven. and blew up the kid. <laughs> not funny. Um, but uh, as we'll discuss... Uh, have you seen The Blue Lagoon? Nope. Um, that is an early Brooke Shields movie. Um, I would just like to say that uh, he, I have a problem with, uh, so he tends to, to be interested in child love, some might say. Child what? Love, some might say. The producer? Is inter- yeah. Uh, yeah, basically. But okay, so like Blue Lagoon was a movie where like a brother and sister get stranded on an island, mm-hmm. and then eventually like start having sex with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and because the producer produced this movie, that's what you're talking about. Well, yeah, I'm just thinking about the connection between the two. Well, he directed it. Sorry, between um, Greece and Blue Lagoon. Right. Right. Child love. Oh, because they're teenagers, supposed to be. Teenagers? Well, and there's just like some. There's at least one in, in a particularly inappropriate sexual re- re- relationship 
Oh, sure. Marty and... Fuck yeah. 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 Um, but, uh, yeah, no, that was crazy. Um, and then uh, the writer, Bronte Woodward, um, never really wrote anything again because he uh, died of hepatitis-related liver failure oh, no. in 1980, wow. which is just two years after this. Um, very sad. Very sad. Yes. Um, should we mm-hmm. move on? Let's do it. To the deer the hunter? deer hunter. Yeah. So. How do you feel about the <laughs> deer hunter? Well, um, how I feel about it is that it was a very hectic week. It's a three hour long movie. Mm. And I did not watch it. Wow. <laughs> so. Wow. Um, but I, Steven knew about that. I'm not dropping it on him in this second. I watched Indeed. the trailer Indeed. so I'd have a little context, but I'm going in blind and yeah. Steven's going to put me through the ringer cause yeah. I, cause it's my bad, yeah. but I'm ready for it. So, uh, <clears throat> Deer Hunter is about some, uh, uh, group of friends in a Pennsylvania steel town. They're all kid. They're all second generation Americans from a Rusin, Rusin background. Um, I only know that from doing research. You would guess that they are Russian. R-U-S-Y-N um, basically refers to a region in like Western Ukraine. So, um, but yeah, they, their, you know, their parents speak Russian, very involved in Russian Orthodoxy, etc. cetera. Uh, but they are a working class, um, they love deer hunting, um, mm. although Robert De Niro and Christopher Walken, they are, they're the best friends. And they're like Danny and Kanicki, you might say. One might. One might. And like the others, they like, like to go deer hunting, but they don't take it seriously. Mm. And they're like really bad. They often miss. But Robert De Niro and Christopher Walken, they're like, you know, when you, you don't take the shot until you can kill and you just get. You get one shot, one mm-hmm. shot. Do not miss a chance to blow. That was good. This opportunity comes, comes once, once in, in a, a lifetime. lifetime. You better lose yourself um, in the deer. Yeah. So uh, yeah, he's also not going to throw away his shot. Thinking mm-hmm. um, <laughs> of both of those. Yeah. Um, and then, so it starts with the day. It's the day of Stephen John Savage's wedding. Um, they finish a nighttime shift at the steel mill then they go out drinking um and then they go to the wedding festivities um abound and then it is also the eve of when robert de niro christopher walken and john savage mike nick and steven are going to go to vietnam Hmm. Because they enlisted. Um, there's a moment at the wedding, which is at a, it's in the, a private area at a bar that's also open, and uh, Green Beret comes in, and they like try to talk to him because they're very like optimistic and ready to go off to war, and and, and you know kind of show that you know the balls that they got, and they see him, and they try to talk to him about like, hey man, what's it like over there? And he's just like. He just says, he, the only thing he says is, fuck it. Hmm. And then they get 
particularly Robert De Niro gets really antagonistic but like yo like what do you mean like who are you saying that to like what are you talking about hey man like fuck you and then um, cut to they, well they go on one last deer hunt Robert De Niro does indeed kill a deer mm. and we also learn that uh, you know he and Nick Christopher Walken are afraid of perhaps not coming back um more so Christopher Walken. He's like, you know, I love it here. This is the place. Whatever you do, don't leave me over there. Don't leave me over there. You gotta bring me back here. And he's mm. like, Of course I'm gonna He's gonna get left like, over there. Well, I was yeah, well. But then Robert <clears throat> I didn't even De Niro's watch the movie like, and I know that. <laughs> <laughs> and then Robert De Niro's like, you know, look, man, I like I could never leave you. You're the only person I can go deer hunting with. I can't hunt with them. Like they're basically they always go off on the trail together while the other two are kind of dicking around. Um, and then they go off to Vietnam. They're separated at their vi- various divisions. And then there's this village that gets ambushed. Robert De Niro's there. He's like been hit in the head, um, but he manages to like stay alive where mm-hmm. all the other sort of soldiers are dead and then when they land to rescue it's Christopher Walken and, and John Savage they're part of it and they're happy to be reunited but then they get again ambushed by the mm-hmm. Viet Cong and captured in which they are held in these these cells that are set up underwater um, so like they're forced to wait basically up to their like just below their chests in water um, that also has like mud and rats in it um, just waiting to be pulled up and forced to play Russian roulette against other POWs. Um, And if they die, then they get thrown in a pit. If they like chicken out, they get thrown in this other cell that's basically entirely underwater except for like, you know, six inches. Mm. And then... um, during that time, what if they win, or what if they like? Do if they it? win, they just Go live to, to play another again? day. They just oh, get man. thrown back in the in the normal cell, and then they pull out more. Uh, and there's a mixture of American POWs and South Vietnamese POWs uh, that they're forcing to play. Um, and then he, and then during this time, John Savage um, is very greatly succumbing to the fear of uh, just the the constant trauma of just having to wait to shoot yourself in the head um also this is worth noting during the orthodox ceremony um there's like this dual chalice uh, it's like just basically enough for an ounce of wine and he and his wife Stephen and his wife drink it and it's joined together and the idea the the priest says like if you don't spill a drop you'll have good luck for the rest of your days And they drink it, and you see that his wife, like a drop falls on her Mm -hmm. dress, but nobody notices. Um, So it's her fault. Whatever's gonna, bad's gonna happen to him. Uh, But he, like... Is that Meryl Streep, by the way? That is not Meryl Streep. That is not Meryl Streep. Okay, great. Um, I knew that. But uh, then Robert De Niro plans to like he he ends up having to go up against steven and he's like come on steven you can do this he eventually like he pulls the trigger but he like moves the gun so that it just like grazes his head and so they throw him in the other pit and then um and he's just like yelling he's he is 
like overcome with anxiety basically to the point where Robert De Niro tells Christopher Walken like look we got to play with more bullets we have to get three in the gun and and they basically devise a plan to if they get more bullets in the gun and they survive long enough to get the three bullets close to the chamber then they can have a chance of knocking out the people that are imprisoning them um they are able to do that. They get themselves free, and then they like try to like float down the river. They see a bridge. Um, they uh, they float down the river to a bridge, and they um, the helicopter they flies over. They're able to like wave them in. They get Christopher Walken in the helicopter, but then they can't. They try to like hold on to the legs of the helicopter as it takes off, but John Savage like can't get hold of it. And he falls back into the river, so Robert De Niro falls in with him, but John Savage hit rocks, and so he like looks, and his legs are are, are beat up, um, and like there's a like a, a bone protruding from his shin. It's Mm-mm. actually quite Mm-mm. awful. Um, and then they, you know, eventually you you know cuts to Nick in the hospital, and. That's Christopher Walken, and they're trying to talk to him about like who his contacts are, who he wants to see, and he dates uh, Meryl Streep. That uh, Christopher Walken and Meryl Streep are together, and they, um, while he's there, he really he just starts to get really uncommunicative with the. Uh, the professionals with the like the doctors and he lies to them about who he is and then he just he kind of, he goes out and he's walking the streets and he finds uh this frenchman who is running these russian roulette rings um that are like high stakes games and like basically as a manifestation of the PTSD from the event he like basically goes AWOL and becomes this like famous American Russian roulette player. Um, So we cut back to America. Michael, Robert De Niro is coming home. He sees that everyone's waiting for him, happy to celebrate. And he just, he just tells the cab driver to go past and he like stays in a hotel for the night. He doesn't want to see anybody. He doesn't want anybody to, like celebrate him. And then he finds Meryl Streep and they start, you know, he talking. They, he, uh, because Meryl Streep's father is abusive, um, when they go off to war, she starts staying in Robert De Niro and Christopher Walken's house. And so when they come back, she, when he comes back, she stays living there. And they, it's very clear that she starts wanting a relationship that he is not able to reciprocate. Um, and, and then, um, um, he hears that Steven is back also. So he wants to, he wants to find him. Um, cause after the Russian roulette, they all got separated. He sees Nick one time in Saigon, but then Nick sees him and runs away. And he doesn't he thought that maybe Steven had died, but he finds him. He he goes to his wife looking for him. 
and she's like totally despondent. Um, and then when he finally goes him, goes to him, he's in a military hospital. He has lost both of his legs and his right arm is, he still has it, but it, it, you never see him use it. So presumably it's, it's paralyzed. Mm. Um, and he is like, Robert De Niro is like, you know, you gotta get out of here. You gotta come home. And he's like, he's like, no, I, I love it here. This is amazing. Like he doesn't, you know, he does, he's like, I don't want to leave. Like I never want to leave. And you see that he's still like, that's sort of the manifestation of his lasting trauma. Um, but then he reveals that he's been getting all this money from Saigon, hundred like all these hundred dollar bills, you know, stacks and stacks and stacks of hundreds. Um, and then, so that's when Mike realizes that Nick is alive and in Saigon. So he goes to Saigon to find him, manages to track him down. He uses all the money that he's been giving Steven and to get in to buy into the game, to play against Nick, trying to convince him to come home. Um, and when Nick refuses, like he, he, Nick just like can't ad admit it, can't uh, come home. And during that game, he shoots and and it hits him, um, and then and he dies. And then they go home. They have a funeral for him, and they all in the bar that they regular they all have you know a toast to him and one of the guys makes breakfast and starts humming god bless america and then they all start to sing god bless america and the movie fades out um mm. wow yeah um so um this movie cost 15 million dollars to make um the initial budget was uh seven and a half million or uh, eight and a half million dollars so it went six and a half over budget um but it, it grossed it still managed to gross 50 million so it was still a profit um afi ranks it the 53rd greatest film of all time it won best picture best director uh supporting actor for walk-in film editing and uh sound um michael Chimino, um, after this film, he was the, the director, poised to take off, and then basically every uh, film after this was a failure, and he kind of became synonymous with uh, like self-indulgent directing. Um, although, uh, he did have... He had a movie. I'm just re-looking at it. Um, ba -ba -da -ba -ba. Um, that was basically uh, re-edited and, and re-released. And then um, Heaven's Gate, um, which like won the Razzie for Worst Director. But like, they did a recut and they re-released it and it got like... Uh, at the Venice Film Festival, got like a standing ovation. So uh, there is an interesting question of like, how does context mm. um, create the impression of the of the film? Mm -hmm. um, so then, yeah, to walk in. Um, this was not 
his first movie. We'd seen him just last year in the Oscar winner as well. Um, but then, yeah, he won Best Supporting Actor. De Niro was a last-minute replacement. He was cast two weeks before the film production began. Wow. He was... Who is he replacing? I'll give you one guess. We've seen him a couple times before. Were they in the same movie at one point? No. Um, okay. Was it... Then was it... Hmm. Well, I know this character so well, so I'm like, who else might play this role? You might be um, a, maybe maybe he's somebody who like you'd want to know like can he play like this this character's got like everyman qualities but also like kind of gritty grizzled qualities mm. so it's interesting that like he's done some movies where he's playing exclusively the tough guy to the point where like his other movie that we maybe talked about there was question as to whether or not he could play an everyman which he then proved that he could. I know who you're talking about. Do you, though? Blanking. Do you, though? I remember being like, do you, though? an everyman. Do you, though? Okay, is it one of Paul Newman or Robert Redford? No, 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 it's no not. of course not. It wait, no, no, indeed. don't tell me. No. Jack Nicholson. No, 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 no. Uh, wait. Three. Um, no, no, wait. Two. Oh, is it that guy who was in Jaws? What? Yeah. Was, what's his name? Roy J- Scheider. Roy Scheider. Okay. J- what were you going to say? Jaws No, you replaced Roy Scheider, and it turned out to be like... The best decision that Chimino made, because I'm assuming it's it's Chimino. I'm just mm. assuming. Chimino. Yeah. Chimino. 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 I don't Something. know. Um, but he brought in Robert De Niro, who then helped him location scout. <laughs> um, and then he also helped him. Uh, he introduced him to Meryl Streep, who then was seeing uh, John Cazale, who, again, uh, just making a a leap on how to pronounce that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they were together. And so she brought him in and he's in the movie also. Um, wild. Yeah. Thanks. Right? Robert De Niro. Um, this was, uh, this was Meryl Streep's first big film. Um, she had done one other film before this and she was concerned when taking the film because she felt like it was, she was not interested in playing like, the female roles, the way that they were being depicted in film. She like liked, that's one of the reasons that she like didn't want to do film in the first place. She wanted to stick to theater because she felt that women were being depicted better in theater than in film. Um, but she was able to negotiate with Chimino to write her own lines. Um, and then she was, and she also was felt that she could create, this woman who like someone else might play it as just like hoping to just like bouncing from kind of guy to guy in this sort of almost happy days as quality. She felt like she could really bring a sense of like nuance in terms of like what the opportunities for women were and like also what would be kind of going on in uh, when uh, in the psychology of somebody who's growing up in that kind of desperate environment um and then it was also she didn't win but it was her first oscar nomination mm. um so john Cazale was during this film he was dying of cancer um he had lung cancer it metastasized to his bones um and this was the last film that that he did um, he, the, the studio wanted to fire him, but both Meryl Streep 
and the director said that they would quit if hmm. the studio fired him. Wow. And Robert De Niro, because like the studio, because he was deemed uninsurable, Robert De Niro paid the cost of his insurance so that he could do the film. Um, he, something that was, I had always wondered why people would speak so highly of him. And then he kind of would disappear and then disappeared. Um, it is because he passed away shortly after this film. Um, but he was in five films over six years, Godfather, Godfather part two, dog day afternoon, the deer hunter and a film called the conversation. All five were nominated for best picture. Um, three of them won. Um, Amazing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this is John Savage's first film. Um, he went on to do a, n- a number of things. I remember him, honestly, most from uh, Do the Right Thing. He's like a gentrifier in Do the Right Thing. <laughs> um, well, we'll have to talk about that in the next decade because um, that is like, should have been the Oscar winner. Mm-hmm. Um and then uh, this was the first Vietnam War film to be filmed on location in Southeast Asia. Uh, it was filmed in Thailand. Uh, the location shots were done in Thailand. Um, they there was to make it look like fall. They hand removed all the leaves <laughs> in the Pennsylvania town because they shot in summer. Um, the uh, Robert De Niro and John Savage uh, did their own stunts. There was like. There's a lot of fire involved, which uh, was real, as well as the drop from the helicopter into the river. They actually uh, did that. Um, the the editor who won, uh, he won Best Picture, right? Uh, best Editor. Mm-hmm. He um, was given 600,000 feet of film. He edited it down to 18,000 wow. in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... Uh, he, he, they were, there was a lot of pressure to get it shorter. Um, the wedding sequence is about a half hour of wedding ceremony and wedding reception. Wow. He was fired because he tried to reduce the time that that wedding 30 minutes yeah. out of a three hour movie. Yep. Um, yeah um and there's still you know conflict between the two because he was like um when asked about it later he was like yeah you know we didn't get along but he still kissed me when we won the oscar and then the director's like fuck him i did all the editing myself (laughs) um the the main controversy that comes from this is that uh two there's two large um sort of more controversial Elements: the depiction of the Vietnamese, um, and then also Russian roulette. That it basically the frame the, because Russian roulette is such an integral part of this film. Um, there's there is not one single documented incident of a or reporting of a POW being forced to play Russian roulette. That's going to be my um, question. Yeah. yeah. Not, mm-hmm. not one single incident at all. No. Um, nor recording of these illegal Russian roulette rings. Um, 
some have claimed that that is um, like unfairly uh, sort of demonizing the Vietnamese for this practice. Others have made the argument that Russian roulette was sort of a, a symbol for the randomness of violence and war um, that like, and the randomness of the, the toll that warfare takes on people. Um, I'm going to be a hundred percent honest. Uh, I don't watching this film besides the fact that it gave us uh, Meryl Streep's film career because prior to this, she was ready to just, do theater only. Um, I can't say that a single thing in this film really became like a long-standing cultural touchstone. Um, there was um, there is a reference in Friends where mm-hmm. where Ross and Richard are arguing, and Richard's like, uh, "No, no, no." Deer Hunter John was John Savage, had no legs. Coming home was John Voigt, couldn't feel his legs. And then Ross is like, you couldn't be more wrong. Um, and then the only other thing is there's a moment where, and I think this might be an instance of parallel thought, um, because he goes, um, Robert De Niro's like, uh, like, you want to play games? All right, I'll play your fucking games. And then that is, uh, to me, so similar to Al Pacino in Scarface uh, when he goes, you want to play games? Nope. You want to play games? Okay, I'll play with you. Mm. Say hello to my little friend. Boom. Mm. Um, Mm. That, to me, it's like so close. They had to have seen... I don't think it might have been like personal plagiarism, but like that was pretty close. That's Mm -hmm. like real close and I don't think I've seen it like really anywhere else um, <laughs> but yeah so that is what I have for that do we want to rate them or, or do we want to pick what we're gonna Let's choose do it. ready three two, two one deer neither, hunter neither one neither one we don't need choice. deer hunter I'm excited yeah um, so which one do you want to talk about first Grease <laughs> uh, yeah, let's talk about yeah, let's talk that about first. Greece. Greece first. Greece. Um, yeah. So, where do we? Greece. Meet? Well, so you know what? I w- I went into this film being like, I know we're probably gonna get rid of it, and yep. then, but the first like half of the movie, up until Beauty School Dropout, uh-huh. pretty much up until then, I was like, oh, you know what? Maybe this is actually something we should keep because in the first half of the movie. I feel like what is actually really effective that they do is that the female characters are presented as the ones who like are trustworthy and are telling the truth about Mm -hmm. things. And the male characters are the ones who are posturing, are sort of like trying to be cool, trying to be masculine in this like whatever the ideal is of like how you're supposed to be as a young man. Mm -hmm. But we are like presented because we have the first scene and I I don't know if it'd be different in the stage musical, but like because we have the first scene in the movie where we see them on the beach, Danny and Sandy, we see like the truth of what their relationship was. And so like even just from taking that, like when they sing Summer Lovin', we're like, oh, Sandy's telling the truth and Danny is lying. Danny's lying, yeah. You know. Now, how do you feel about the scene on the beach? I mean, it's like very like, 
I mean, it's it, just like where he forces himself on her and then she's like don't spoil it and he's oh. like I'm not spoiling I'm making it better Sandy yeah well but then they don't actually have True. sex or anything no. so you no. know I, obviously like he yeah he's, he's right. like I'm trying to force himself but she says no and he's like he doesn't do anything which is good I suppose mm-hmm. um, but so like the fact that that is sort of set up as like the women are the ones to trust and the men are like it's clear you know and like Kaniki also like we have the scene where him with him and Rizzo and he's yeah. like we see that he's never had sex and all of the T-Birds like all the other boy the three like Stooges guys you know it's also clear from them like they've also like never done anything that they're pretending that they've done and so I I was like excited about that beginning because I was like oh cool so this is more of a, like an intentional comment on the fact that like right. you know what what we expect men to be like you know and like how that's toxic for men right. too and that it's like yeah it, it like actively hurts them every time right. that like Danny does anything <laughs> they that like to impress his friends like you see him immediately after afterwards like just feel like shit. Right. Um, right. Yeah. Right. And then even, and like the whole, you know, like him, he does like for a while, like the trying to like do sports, trying to like right. change himself or like show, prove himself or like figure out what he even is good at, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and like it's, yeah, like it's nice to see. And the, like at the, he's the first one who tries to change, you know? Right. And like, yeah. Uh, and then his his change or his actual just like really like showing interest in prove and like showing that he cares for her really you know like works and she likes that you know but then it's like everything then as soon as beauty beauty school dropout happens I'm like I was like what is this song this song is so mean he the, her guardian angel is an asshole to her he like talks about her nose job he's right. like nobody would sit in your beauty school chair beauty chair unless they were a hooker right. and he's like you can't get a job so don't worry about it just you're never going to be able to have a job and yeah. like he's so mean and from there it just takes a total downhill turn because then it's just like everything everything messaging wise is bad yeah. <laughs> you know um yeah because then because then it, and and like the fact that it kind of then goes from there of like you know sh- sandy is the one who ha- who like has who decides like i will be you know i will change myself and become this like sexy like sex symbol you mm-hmm. know like for this man and then everybody sees it and they're like oh great we love it you're gonna be that way and also in the end like they're all just like oh we, we've always been best friends everybody right. including like all these people who are like no you had beef before and like rizzo like i really i really liked her song like the um the worst things, the worst I, could things do, I could do, you know, but then it's just like the, the resolution to her whole storyline is, Oh, false alarm. And like, Oh, thank God. And now let's just make out. And like, right. that's it versus like all her, her song of like the worst, there are worst things I could do. It's like, was all about like, you know, I'm not going to just wait around for like life to happen to me, or I'm not going to, you know, pretend there's some like prince who's going to sweep me off my feet, you know, but then like her resolution Should is just like, prince. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So um, I also liked, in terms of Kaniki, I also liked that, like, there were a couple moments with him where, you know, despite the fact that, yes, he is just just as interested in maintaining the cool front, um, when he, when the condom breaks, he doesn't, he doesn't say, let's do it anyway. Mm, true. He doesn't even, like scoot towards her and like hint that he wants to do it anyway he just kind of sits there dejected right he's like oh it's not gonna happen now right Mm -hmm. Uh, which 
And then she's like, no, let's do it. So like that is Mm -hmm. nice that he wasn't doing that. Mm -hmm. And then also um, he sees Danny sulking and he asks him whether or not he's still thinking about Sandy. And then Danny's like playing it cool. And then he kind of calls him on. He's like, Mm. no, I'm I'm just, I'm just asking you. Right. Right. You know, which I really liked. And though he like was trying to be all like macho about it, when she was pregnant, he yeah. didn't, he said like, you know, I'm here. I'm right, not going right. to run away from, right. from what's going on. Um, and then she, and then, and then she's the one that like plays it cool and forces right. him away. pushes him aside. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I did it's like true. that. True. I agree. Yeah. I, um, I struggled with understanding the, the need for, I mean, it could be the difference between like Danny and Kanicki being the leaders and the other two being like the weaker ones. But I did struggle with like the fact that Putsy and Jan, like in front of everyone, had this like really vulnerable, like kind of touching moment where he asks her to the dance. Mm-hmm. Nobody comments on that. <laughs> Nobody like says anything or gives them any crap about it. Mm-hmm. So I was just kind of sitting there being like, is this like inconsistent with what we've seen so far? Mm-hmm. Like what, do, or, or is it just that like the standard you set for yourself is what other people are going to hold you to. And because he hadn't, because he's, known to be less cool than Danny. Mm, no one's mm-hmm. trying to force him to be as cool as Danny. Mm, yeah. Um, but he had that moment where he was just like, you know, he was like, Hey, you know, I, well, what he said was there, I know there's more to you than fat. She's, uh, she's no, so she was never skinny. Fat. She's, no, and like, uh, God, this, I actually did like that. So like, I feel like this was like a weird moment of the film shaming her. In a way that no character does. Mm-hmm. None of the women in my memory say anything. Right. To she her. says it to her about herself sometimes. You know, she's yeah, like, like I, in the second she's like, don't the let film, me buy snacks at the drive-in. I'm not hungry. I'm not hungry. You know, yeah. yeah. But like none of you're right. None it's of the like other. It's like when she has a date for the dance, then she starts trying to diet. But like, I think they might say something in the sleepover I about can't the Twinkies. It. Well, they, no, that's because for... she wants to eat Twinkies and drink the wine, and so oh, Marty right, goes, right. Marty's like, oh, Twinkies and wine, what? real right. classy, Jan. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, right. But it's not about like maybe right. you should put down right. the Twinkies, right, Jan. Right. You know, it's never yeah. anything like that. Yeah. Um, I did think about like, yes, the the women are basically more honest. Um, but I did kind of have the feeling that like, I mean, the way that this manifests in the male friendships is, is also clear and present, but there was this sense that like there, the pink ladies are just mean to Sandy. Mm. And then through just not leaving, they are now friends. Mm hmm. Um, and I, and I've just heard that talked about like you know, the depiction of female friendship, particularly in high school being like this sort of competitive specifically related to like competing over men. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that kind of like toxicity, um, it, it, it just seemed, it was very playful cause the, the musical is really playful, sure. but I still felt like it was present. 
Yeah, um, no, definitely. And it does, and you know, like it is a, a real phenomenon, you know, like that's certainly believable and that happens. And I, and like mostly it was Rizzo, you know, like as the sort of group leader sort of like instigating it and, you know, like Frenchie was like Sandy's friend, you know, but, but like if it's about that, if it's going to show that, then like also like it doesn't then go any step further to show like what the effect it has on Sandy or on, you know, the women who are part of the pink ladies, you know, or like the destructive nature of this like competition and everything. Um, it just like sort of shows that as the like standard and, and doesn't really comment on it. Right. Cause he, cause basically that is, the relationship between every single one of the women from like the Silcox, uh, try hard. And then, um, and that's okay. for me to say, right. I'm... What? Try hard. Yeah. She's like the, she's like obsessed with like planning yeah. everything and like yeah. school stuff. She's, she's very the, the energetically spirited. One. spirited uh, yes. yeah. Um, Patty Simcox, Patty Simcox. That's what it is. Um, but yeah, just basically between like, all the women, including Cha-Cha, it's like, that is the constant. Right. Um, right. No, it's true. And they all have some relationship to Danny. You know, like that, like even Patty, right. Patty is like, hi, Danny, what are you doing later? And like Cha-Cha and Danny have some kind of history. And like, so does Rizzo and Danny, yeah. apparently. So it's interesting because like, maybe then does that mean that Danny is the only one of the T-Birds who actually has had sex? Well, or, like, I got has the impression he that he had sex with Cha-Cha mm. because... that's the only person who he like refused to speak to. Yeah. And I thought that that was kind of this like promotion of this idea that like once you sleep with someone and it doesn't work out, then like you can't possibly stand to be in the same space as them, Mm. Um, which I feel like, well, or I in high school. In, I mean, uh, like, if they're in high school, well, like, I, I get that. It's awkward, like, you know. I, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but, like, I feel like my, the times in which that's happened to me, um, or the times in which I've been a part of that dynamic, um, it, it's been, like, this sense of, like, awkwardness and, like, trying not to, it's, like, the weird thing of, like, we're trying not to acknowledge it then, but also both kind of feeling weird about the fact that the other person's not acknowledging it. Mm-hmm. Never like sheer animosity and open avoidance. Well, for this um, case though, I like, I do. Cause like, she's also part of the like rival right, squad. So like goes he, with he might things. not even have told anybody that he slept with. I don't know. Like, right. because it's like betrayer, you know, mm. who knows? I yeah. don't know. But yeah. Fair. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. I also just, you were talking, I just, pop, Eugene popped into my head, and I, this movie is so cruel to, like, the to Eugene. Cruel. Cruel. Eugene. Not cool. Cruel with an R, yeah. Right. I, did I not? Did no, I well, not I didn't know if, it sounded R. like I said cool. I'm uh, unsure that I was saying cruel. Cruel. Just like you were. Um, because he's just, like, they, it's so, like, he's such a caricature of, like, socially awkward nerd who is then like the butt of so many jokes and in his one moment that could be his moment of glory at the end where he like at the carnival there's like a pie the teacher competition Mm -hmm. and none of the t-birds are able to like hit the coach with the pie but eugene does like 
even then it's like, nope, we can't let Eugene be the hero. Cause then they like pie him in the face, you know? Right. And it's just like the movie's point of view on him. In addition to the characters is yeah. so mean and like so cruel. And yeah. he's also like, you know, this is, is another, yeah, this is a, a great instance of like the movie's perspective being really frustrating because he's also on the planning committee mm-hmm. that that he and Patty Simcox are the two people who plan the dance, which is like going to be broadcast on national television in like this fake American bandstand type show, which is like, which was like the biggest show at the time for that age group. Right. So like it's humongous mm-hmm. and, it, and like it goes super well and when they actually like take their time to be celebrated not only does he get picked on and there's like homophobic remarks made Mm -hmm. towards him but just even the way the movie chooses to capture his enthusiasm is a way of demeaning that kind of sort of high school figure that like part of the high school dynamic I, I found that also to be just like really Sad and, yeah. and frustrating. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. I also, uh, the two things that I was like, I found most like sickening. Oh, I also felt that the coach, mm. like, I'm like, what world is this where he like sees Danny like punch people and then he's like, yeah. Like when right. he punches in the basketball game, he like rolls his eyes. <laughs> right, let's and, try a new sport. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> punches the wrestler and he's like, ah, he's a hitter. Mm-hmm. And then like he attacks the referee when he's uh, the umpire, when he put in baseball. And they're like, you know what? Why don't we uh, go to track? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what? No, why? He would be arrested. I'm like, mm-hmm. what? Right, um, right. He's just attacked all these people. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, there were two moments that I was like, ha, damn. Which was uh, Vince Fontaine and Marty, mm-hmm. and then also Sandy. Um, do you Sandy what? What about Sandy? Sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, uh, the song Sandy. Oh yeah, I I just skipped that song. I hate that song. It's so it, boring. Also, <laughs> well, it's like it's but, boring, yeah. but also like it was right before. Is right after he like. Is that the Lost Strand in the Drive-In one too? Right, that's the same song. Uh, Stranded at the Drive-In is in the. Oh, you mean that's how it like begins? Wait, sand this like sand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Because uh, in the are you, are you talking about the difference between the musical why, and yeah, the yeah. movie? No, I'm talking about this movie. I'm at, I'm just clarifying which song you're talking about. Right, because it begins with him going Stranded at the Drive-In. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, it is that song. Branded. <laughs> I'm like that. That was the kill. That that, that made me so mad too. Because like, so what happens? He, like, like, is mean to her. Then he like gives her his ring, and then she's like, "Oh, thank you, Danny. This is how I know you respect me." I'm right. like, really? But all of seeing is how like all of his actions up until this point over the past year now have proven that he does not. Well, and his the response to her saying that is him being like. Ah, oh, damn it! You know, and right. like, and so we're like, oh, great! That's the point of the scene is like he really wants to have sex, and she's like, thank you for showing that you don't want to just have sex with me. And it's just like, oh man, mm-hmm. you know, like that's the punchline of it. And then he just like pushes her down on the seat and like just tries to attack her with sex, right? You know? And then she storms <laughs> off, and 
he's like, uh, you know, what will they say Monday at school? And so I'm sitting there being like, you're embarrassed. So what, mm-hmm. what we're hearing there is, I try, I, I sexually assaulted her, attempting rape, and I'm afraid that people at school are going to make fun of me for, for not, not fully raping her. <laughs> getting it. Yeah. No, it's true. I, I, like, yeah, that is just, I was like, that is unbelievable to me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. And then the, right. And then the Marty Vince Fontaine thing is he's like the host of the show. So he's like an, a, a solid oh, adult. Oh, solid and this 40. is the problem. This is the problem in general in all movies that are about high school because we are shown adults to play high schoolers if this was actually like someone who looked like they were in high school then we would feel the horrible tension of the fact that this is so wrong but we are conditioned to be fine with this like we're conditioned to just like skate past the fact that this is like this is uh, what's the word for it when they're underage? Oh my god, uh, statutory. statutory. Thank you. Yeah. Because we are presented, especially women who look like mature adults, and so like we can just move past it because right. we don't see it that way. And it's like in every everything that takes place in high school, it has something to do with like sex and romance. Yeah. It's like you are a, an adult, and so we're like, oh yeah, they are in high school. But, like, we're not thinking about the implications of it. And so it's so messed up, you know? Because, like, yeah, it's basically just, like, he's super into her. And she's into him because he's a star and he's right. whatever. And then, like, later she's like, yeah, he tried. What tried did she to say? Dr- he said he tried to drug tried me. tried to put aspirin in my drink. Right. Creep. And I'm like, you're no, but he tried to drug you? He tried like, to date rape the, you. Yeah. The conversation was, you know, like, hey, do your folks know I come into your room every night? Right. And then uh, he's like, are you doing the contest? And she goes, I don't think I'm entered. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, what's your name? He goes, uh, like, Marty, Maricino, like, Cherry. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, he's like, oh. He's like, oh, like, yeah. Oh. yeah. And I was yeah. just like, I, I right. can't with this. I can't right. handle it. But like, if she was, if she looked like a high schooler, then we would feel so, but we were not supposed to feel that way. It's you like know? Tuck Everlasting. Um, mm-hmm. So like, yeah, the movie was with like Shane West and Alexis Bledel. Mm-hmm. Um, I, how weird is it that I don't <laughs> need to, like, I, I don't was... need to Google this. I didn't Google that <laughs> you at did all. You did not, yeah. um, But like, uh, Alexis Bledel and Shane West, <laughs> who were roughly the same age and in their mid to late 20s. Mm-hmm. And they're, playing this thing well in the in the story she's 11 he's a (laughs) hundred despite being trapped in a 17 year old's body who and then they had when they did it on broadway they had somebody who was like 15 Mm. and the other character was played by an actor who's like 30 wow so you're watching and you're like oh this, this is, is fucking crazy. Up. And there was a moment where he's like, you know, don't worry, uh, you know, don't drink from the water yet, you know, because that's how they can become immortal. And then um, I've actually never <laughs> really read this like book this or this seen movie? this movie. I, <laughs> really? I, I really have. A, did you see the musical? I, I did. It was like oh, okay. one of the free ones that we got. <laughs> sure. But like, I, uh, I, that's, so I knew all that it. shit before. <laughs> I don't know how though. Um, the collective unconscious. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's like you know why why can't i just do it now he's like you should wait until you're 17 like me and then she's like why like there's there's no difference and then he goes trust me there's a difference and you're like whoa Uh, that yeah fucking 
nuts. And like that was a situation where because we had somebody who was close to the right. this age and someone who was close to that age, despite the fact that like he would have the maturity of a <laughs> centenarian and that would just be never appropriate. Um, but like because we were literally looking at that, it's like, holy shit, this is vile. Mm-hmm. But like, and we see it in say Manhattan when we watch, mm-hmm. yep, yeah, roll them eyes, baby. Mm-hmm. But it's like, we got 42 year old yeah. Woody Allen across this 17 year old. Like when you watch that, you're like, ugh. Right. But like, that's the same situation here. Mm-hmm. And it's just like a fun laugh. Right, right. Um, yeah. yeah. Messed up. Yeah. yeah. Um, now I, I I'm very excited for your your thoughts on um, deer, deer hunter. hunter. Yeah, I've got so many thoughts. Yeah, um, I mean, I I felt like we're jumping a deer hunter. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're, we're jumping great, a deer great, hunter. Great, I feel like we said great. what we need we've to do. We've said enough. Um, yeah, and uh, you know, I just thought like so the how did you feel about the depiction of like working class steel society mm. in in Pennsylvania, mm, you know, mm-hmm, how did you feel about that? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, honestly, like since I'm, I don't have personally, like I don't know what mm, the reality is because right, I, I don't yeah. have that background. Um, I, that I thought like they were, you know, they they seemed like, you know, like the you could feel the like they work hard all night yeah. at the steel steel yeah because like it was very clear, mm. especially since like he's I was just so caught by the fact that, like I don't know anyone who goes to work like on their wedding day. You yeah. know what I mean? Like right. he is not, and it's not like he's not at an office job. He's like, you know, you Manual know, labor. he is like in a, in a big old metal, metal space suits to protect with him from the fire, the, the steel, lights, the light, the fire, uh, the, like, because of how bright the molten sure. steel is. We know which this. is like uh, fire, basically. just like, like fire, uh, more like, more like metal lava, sure. um, which is just more just like regular lava. Um, kind of fiery. Uh, yeah, sure. Fire's involved. Mm. Um, I mean, but like it is, grueling and and, and yeah. dangerous yeah. yeah like i mean yeah um and then i just like my first thought was you know hot take like this looks awful like why do people <laughs> want these jobs back oh that's <laughs> like that was my first thought well um, yeah i mean right but like but like you, certainly a working class job and like a place where like the the town ta- like that is where most people work probably of right. a certain class and like that's where you can expect to have a dependable job and you know right exactly and like you know also um angela stevens you know to be bride we you know we see her getting ready alone like mm-hmm. there's no there's no one that's like helping her and then we see like the older women in the town carrying the the wedding cake mm-hmm. and it's a beautiful looking cake very mm-hmm. large mm-hmm. three tier like oh, yeah. old fashioned wedding cake and they're just carrying it to the church like down the street you know because like all this we don't think about like I don't think about at least the the privilege of like having bakers that make the cake and bring it to you that you have bought and then like having the caterers do everything and then also like having the ability to not work that day right um yeah yeah that that was like very bizarre i also Mm -hmm. thought that like um you know they're they're like you know they're they're like buddies like super 
you know, male, they're drinking like crazy. I mean, like, how did you feel about how much they were drinking? I mean, mm. it was so much, right? Yeah, well, I mean, to, for that job, like, you know, I imagine that, like, you need a lot of, like, the time when you're not working is like mm. you have to really like decompress and right. feel yeah. like you're enjoying and like spending time with your buds and probably you know as far as like tr like that like they're not gonna what are they what else do they do yeah. you know you they're not gonna feel, like, you feel like go see kinda, a show together sure you know they like, like hang out at the local like bar working class despondency yeah. yeah um almost paralleling uh, what we were seeing in Rocky. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, right, exactly. Um, Where it's just like the bar, you hang out there. That's and, you what know. their sort of like escape is. Yeah, exactly, um, exactly. Which also, and also I think, you know, this, like their fact that they enlisted, they were not drafted. Right, because, you because, know, you know, you, you know uh, uh, their friend goes up to him and he's like, you know, because there's this, you know, you remember the, the friend who's like super enthusiastic and he mm. loves singing in the choir and he and he runs the bar and he loves seeing everybody. He's super happy to be a part of everything and he goes to to Mike and Nick and he's like, yeah, man, like, you know, I'm like you know I'd be going over there with you, man. Like, if it weren't for my knees, like, you, you, mm. you, you know I'd be right there with y'all, you know what I mean? Um, and so, like, you get the impression that they're they're doing it Voluntarily, and they're yeah. also getting this sort of like hero's send off, right? You know, and there is something you know, like the sort of the patriotism, uh, like the you know, I don't know, like the there. I actually I don't know the statistics on this, but as far as like the proportions of people who enlisted who were from like working class versus you know middle class, upper class, whatever it might yeah. be, but like that makes sense to me and my sort of like that is that they would sort of want to enlist. Yeah, there definitely seems to be um, like a, a comment on um, like assimilation mm -hmm. um, because like the their older families like are very Russian and. And, you know, as a part of the desire to uh, assimilate, I guess, like, that's one of the things that, like, happens at least with, um, like, I know Greek immigrants, mm -hmm. um, their first, like, major um, contribution or, like, one of the things that changed the perception of Greek people in the United States was their contributions during the Korean War. Mm -hmm. um, my, my grandfather enlisted and went to fight in the Korean War, and there's, I think there's something about like working class community we see it now actually that like if you go to a more impoverished community there's way more that, that there's way more people signing up to the mill for the military mm -hmm. than than you have in in really wealthy communities mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. and but there is there you know i i i do feel like um it almost sounds like to me that you're framing the film as a, a patriotic film whereas i felt like um there was like a commentary more on that like blind patriotism mm. regarding the Vietnam War because like they have this not only do they have this like uh like joy joy and like sense of heroism it's also it's called out in the moment for like by the, mm -hmm. the presence the of somebody who's beret, actually been there the beret. right mm -hmm. um right no and I, no, yeah not that the film is patriotic but that they are right yeah right, right. blindly um, patriotic yeah. And then there's the moment where, like, when he's asked about his name, uh, uh, Nick, because his name is, like, Nikolaus mm. Kruczynski or something. I'm not looking it up. Um, but they're, like, he goes, oh, is that the doctor's, like, you know, Russian name? And he goes, no, it's an American name. Um, mm. There's kind of, like, a jab. I mean, he's he's a little bit, he's not exactly 
present. He's being deliberately antagonistic to the doctor, but mm-hmm. there is kind of something to that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Well, yeah, just to, so the reason I, can I tell you, tell you the main reason I think that we should get rid of this movie? Sure. Um, so what I, what I think from what I saw, um, which was none of the movie, um, is that the, uh, it seems to me like, yes, war, like war is the, like the, the realities of war, uh, and like the PTSD that comes from that is certainly like a huge part of what this movie is about, but it feels like really it's about like the fact that like the Vietnamese are like, it's not just like the war and the chaos and the like unbelievable, like horror, horror of like the brutality of fight of war and being in war, but it's actually like the brutality of like the Vietnamese people, like the, you know, the, the Viet Cong, uh, and that, like, the Americans, like, the, the, our main buddies are sort of, like, the, the like, they're, like, bearing it. You know, they're, they're sort of, like, the, the heroes. Uh, and, like, what they're recovering from is really just, like, actually not the brutalities of just, like, being in a war. But the brutalities of, like, what this horrible, what these horrible people are doing to them. And so it feels like it's... Uh, like it is certainly a commentary on like blind patriotism, but it's more pointed towards like these people are so cruel and that's what I'm recovering from kind of. Yeah. That was something that like I was, so to me, you have this like very long uh, preamble to them going off to war and then it basically cuts to them linking up and then cuts to them captured mm-hmm. and then it basically cuts to them back and the and the sort of interaction we have with them being involved in warfare of the 3 hours is roughly 45 minutes um and and so like i i do wonder since this film was 600,000 feet of film before being cut down to 18. Mm-hmm. I am curious, like, what did we not see? Because you're right, that, like, there was a lot of, unlike films like Apocalypse Now, which show that, like, America was just as guilty mm-hmm. of brutality and, and savagery, uh, Platoon as well, um, we don't, we don't see any American combat at all hmm. um, in, the, in the final cut of the film. Um, now, I did, I did, so there is, so I did have a question of that. I also had a question because, like, we know of the reality of Vietnamese sex work at mm-hmm. the time. Um, also, I, in looking this up, I, I learned that, like, uh, prior to the film prior to Vietnam, uh, the Vietnamese government was doing a lot to uh, shut down the sex work industry. And then basically the U S government negotiated to have like quote unquote rest and relaxation centers, which then like uh, increased the amount of 
sex workers tenfold hmm. um, from like 10,000 roughly bef- to like in 1963 to by the 70s, uh, like over 100,000. Um, no. We have this, we have the, the scene with Christopher Walken where he goes to the sex worker. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you basically get two instances of, you get three depictions of the Vietnamese you get the Viet Cong forcing them to play Russian roulette him with this sex worker and then the fall of Saigon um, and so that is like it is it's it's frustrating that there were no other scenes that can provide more nuance to their relationships despite obviously Russian roulette not historically accurate um, like despite any claims to historical accuracy for some of the other depictions without the nuance, it just is kind of using the like desperation of this people group as like set dressing. Mm -hmm. And I agree that that is a problem. And they, uh, the, the director was very apologetic and did say that like he, that, that that was, Never something they intended, but I feel like hmm. most of Hollywood racism and sexism is is not intended. Right. So that's kind because of because the people statement. making it are like, oh, I'm not even aware I should be thinking about that. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, now I was interested in the so from what from the three minutes you saw, hmm. how did you feel about the relationship between Mike? And Nick, because I was very, I I had read some some criticism that speaks very plainly about their relationship hmm. in a way that I thought was a little bit more cryptic. I mean, maybe in the environment of 1978, it might have been very clear that they were, um, like, in a like they were repressed in this way of like. Um, trying to appeal to this sort of epitome of masculinity despite the fact that they were uh, in love with one another. Mm. But I did, I felt like the the film would kind of walk back on that occasionally. Mm. How mm. did you feel from the trailer? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, well, I, I was craving more. Mm. I was craving for the yeah, film you, to you go further. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, from in, yeah, it barely gave me any of it. You know, I barely saw yeah, any you of feel that. Like you're just getting like a little bit of a, a just, taste of it. Yeah. 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 And like, um, we could see like how much they cared for one another. Mm. Um, and so, but like, that's a really interesting, um, you know, aspect yeah. of a relationship to explore and, and like seeing, seeing that more on the surface versus just like something you could imply into it to make it a more complex yeah. commentary. Um, you know, I'd rather see that yeah. more explored on the surface. Cause there were, there were a few moments, one where like they have their banners mm-hmm. posted in, in the, like during the reception, cause they're going off, like everyone that's going off, they have these big banners and you see these, you see Robert De Niro like refusing to dance with any women mm. and like then you see these sort of like longing longer like glances between him and Christopher Walken and then you see him looking at Christopher Walken's poster mm. um but then you occasionally see these longing glances between him and Meryl Streep mm. um and then 
like later Christopher Walken, like he opens up his wallet. He's asked Meryl Streep to marry him when he, if he comes back. And, um, so then he's sitting there in the hospital knowing that he's going to go back. He opens up his wallet, sees the picture of Meryl Streep and then runs away. So he's clearly fleeing that responsibility mm-hmm. as one of the, the, and, and you could make the argument and the argument has been made that it's his like fear of acknowledging his attraction to Robert De Niro mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that causes him is one of the things that causes him to run off. And then um, that, so Robert De Niro also like has a picture of Meryl Streep in his wallet, mm. which I thought was to me confusing that neither, what to me would have made it a little bit more solid is if in addition to Meryl Streep, they also had pictures of each other. Mm-hmm. I think that that would have been, I don't, I don't think it'd be over the top at all. I just think that it would just, right. It would be another, another just make it more clear. Yeah. Um, and then, because also when he, there's, there's, uh, you know, John Cazale is like making fun of Robert De Niro for never like, you know, never going out with any of the girls that he tries to set him up with. And like, Mm. you know, he could have gone all the way and then he botched up, you know, I'm starting to Mm. think that you're a homophobic F word and Mm. all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And then, then Christopher Walken's like, Hey man, you're out of line. You better cool with that. Mm. Um, so you see that there's like talk amongst their friends that it's weird that he doesn't like ever show any interest in women. Like when, Right. Like Meryl Streep clearly tries to like get involved with him. And so like every time that they would go to, uh, that they would like at the end of the day, he would, she would like try to flirt with him and maybe try to instigate something romantic. He would just instantly like try to go to sleep, um, to avoid having to deal with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there is the scene where they're at the table and where they're at the like Russian roulette like, table. Cause, mm. um, and he's like, you know, he's telling him like, don't do it. Let's walk away. And then he says like, you know, he says, I love you. Mm. But at this time, the film is a little bit because it's wishy-washy. I am unclear of how big of a reveal that is for mm. Robert De Niro. Mm. Um, yeah. How did you feel? Mm-hmm. Felt similar. Although, you know, now that you're reminding me of all these instances, you know, I actually, uh, it does sound, it does sound like they've laid out some, um, yeah, some like puzzle pieces to put together. Mm-hmm. Although I think that when, but it does get compl like it's, it's not, it's because there's the whole layer of like they are at war slash they are like going through this big trauma and like then have PTSD. Like what is like, kind of like you said with the last point of like, what is sort of them just like, you know, like connect, like saving each other, being for there for each other the way that like best friends would. And like, what is like actually like, yeah, but you felt romance. in the trailer, so, right? That that was present in the like hour plus before. that was, yeah, it's like thoroughly present in the hour before mm-hmm. they go off. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will. I also want to speak just quickly to um, the the um, well, two things. One, so I watched this with my roommate, who is uh, a, a combat veteran, and 
I just was curious as to like, because it's, you know, he very openly does not like war movies mm. because he doesn't like a, like a, a Hollywoodification of it. I mean, he, in, in a lot of ways, you know, he's right. Like a lot of people that are making these movies are the people who stayed home mm-hmm. and still see their march off as this glorious mm. event. Um, and so he doesn't like it. And so then, you know, and so I asked him, I was like, how did you feel about the way that it was depicted and the way that it handled this, uh, the situation? He was like, he was like the, the way it, that the way that the film handled post-traumatic stress was like, he was like, it was disconcert, like it was troublingly mm-hmm. accurate, mm-hmm. you know, and, and mm-hmm. the, the way that it displayed the the people processing that it showed the Steven character, like processing the, the fear Mm. was because it's very traumatic. I mean, he's just like every, every like gunshot that Mm. he sees, it just like, he just, just starts like screaming while he's Mm. in the, in the cage underwater. And like, um, he was just like, it was Mm. shocking. It was, it was difficult to watch because like it, it was, very, very real in terms of how people can react to the fear of in, in the in the combat situation. Mm. Um, mm. You know, much better than fucking Patton. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that is a really important thing because actually exploring PTSD, you know, in a war movie is really important. Yeah, you know, so it is good to know that they cared about portraying that accurately you know Mm -hmm. making it a big deal yeah Yeah. um and then also i just thought like in terms of representation in in film like it because because very openly i'm somebody who doesn't often feel unrepresented Mm. i can sort of very easily lose sight of the feeling of like not even the feeling of of being unrepresented but but like not really think about the things that are true of my life and that that are not represented in film um and so the fact that like they're russian orthodox mm-hmm. and so we see this russian orthodox wedding um for all you sweet sweet listeners out there um i my family is Greek Orthodox, so it was a part of a number of Greek Orthodox weddings. Um, while the the style of art is slightly different, and the the crowns that they use are like very they they have very like kind of Western sort of golden crowns. We, mm. It's not used in in they have different style of crowns, etc. Um, there are certain things like the you know even though it's in Russian for them, it would be in Greek for Greek Orthodox like seeing that wedding ceremony and like crown bearers and the crown ceremony and walking around the table and, and then also like having a, um, having a reception that's full of, uh, traditional folk dancing. I'm like, that is something that like, I didn't realize Mm. I had like never seen unless it's, with the exception of it being framed um, very clearly, like my big fat Greek wedding, my big fat Greek wedding, it's, 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 it's central. 
You know, it, you know that that it's going to be a part of it. But this is just about working class Americans and the effect of the the Vietnam War on them. Mm. Um, so then, just to see this like normal experience for them and in the film, which is something that like is very close to something I have often experienced, but never seen. I mean, most people in the country don't know that Greek Orthodox exists Mm. that like, yeah, it, Mm. it, yeah, I thought that that I was like a bit, I don't know, shocked or just surprised Mm -hmm. at like Mm -hmm. the level to which I responded to that. And like how I was just, I said to Raymond, I was like, I just, I just want to say like, I'm kind of freaking out right now. I'm just like realizing that I had never, Mm. the the significance of seeing something that like I've dealt with all the time, Mm -hmm. but never really seen reflected in in Mm -hmm. cinema. Well, good thing that editor wasn't allowed to cut Cut any more of that 30 minute wedding. (laughs) Right. Like, man, I I did spend that whole time of being like, why are we still watching Mm -hmm. Um, this? I mean, in terms of like storytelling, this is losing relevance pretty quickly. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I mean, although, uh, um, mm, I also liked that just like um, with John Cazale, that he's like super obsessed with, his appearance and like the T-Birds, you're kind of curious about it because all the other guys are like gruff working class men and you're like, and then this one guy like, oh, what's his deal? He's like just super obsessed with, with everything and like, and, and women and he's always talking about that and then, yeah. But then you like see him in these social situations mm. and you see that actually it's because like he feels desperately unattractive mm. and, mm. and, and feels that like he and and no women like he can't quote unquote attract mm. women like mm. he just yeah um mm. and so i thought that there was like well established like nuance for his character i felt like all the since it's not really an ensemble film because it's like three characters stay behind and three characters go off to war so it's like more of the th- those three characters story and predominantly Robert De Niro's, but for so many main characters, they really all have like nuanced arcs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you, do my, you agree? I do. I do. I was impressed by that. My also just my, my final thought, um, the significance of the, the title, the deer, the significance of the deer. Mm. Mm. Um, now is it true that, uh, when they come back, this is my assumption or my guess. There is like a moment, a professional opinion. There's like a moment where Robert De Niro like sees a deer or like could what, or like might go hunting again. Is there like a final, any, Wait, like at what point in the film, like after coming back from war, the war, Okay. um, but does not shoot the deer. Get the fuck out. Leave now. Does that happen? Leave now what i don't i don't get out of here yes it does okay they go on a deer hunt Boom, and he does not shoot the deer and he like the other you see the other guys like john Cazale actually does like shoot a deer it's like he looks like an idiot but he manages <laughs> to get one mm-hmm. and then you see robert de niro and he's tracking it he's tracking it alone because mm-hmm. christopher walken was his partner right right um and then he gets to the point where he's face to face with the deer mm-hmm 
and then he you see him lift the gun and take the shot like hamilton style mm-hmm. and then he's like, <laughs> like tells hamilton the deer, style like, hamilton, get, baby. you get yeah, out yeah and then he's just like you know basically like tells the deer like be free little buddy go yeah like, you 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 get this yeah um i knew it because this uh, yes I'm really impressed by myself in that moment. Um, Because, yeah. Have you heard of a podcast called... um, Spoiler? Spoiler? Yeah. (laughs) I've heard of it, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, We could do it for the deer hunter because I've never seen it. Uh, Just kidding. Crossover. (laughs) But, uh, you know, so, like, yeah, the deer as, like, innocence and, like, also the shooting of a deer of sort Mm -hmm. of the killing of a sacred deer. (laughs) I just wanted to say uh, another film uh, of, like, you know, the, the, like, senseless violence right mm-hmm. uh and that in the end sort of like letting the deer like not participating in the violence because of the fact that being in war has changed this guy's perspective on senselessness of violence right. um and, yeah Boom. nice it also made me think of did you ever read that book the k nope um i always think of it like it's a you know elementary school yeah 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 yeah, yeah. producers read the k baby go julie no so that you read it um maybe oh, it's like, like dolphins thing. is it like Shut- c-a-y no. are there doll oh no. okay i'm thinking of a different thing all right um, never that's mind. the cove um no. <laughs> um if there is a documentary about the dolphin poaching called the cove um okay. but no the k it's like they are I'm like just guessing on a animals. submarine <laughs> and there's it's during some war i don't i don't recall but basically they're like inadvertently attacked and uh the submarine is like sinking but there's this guy uh named timothy um who with, helps this the only boy on the ship like they they manage to escape mm-hmm. and, but he's like hit mm-hmm. and blinded mm-hmm. and then they basically are struggling to survive on the island and, and Timothy helps him and teaches him basically how to survive as like a blind kid. And he's like, cause he's like 12 and um, like when he's, you know, beforehand he would see the ships coming in and him and his friends would like play shooting guns at them. And then they would like shoot back at them and they would pretend to die and all this stuff. And then like, Basically, afterwards, like in the, and, you know, then there's just like this hurricane that comes, and like Timothy helps them survive, and but he dies, and then they're eventually found and rescued when he comes back home. All of <laughs> Steven, a, no, 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 you, shut up, where you shut up. When his friends, <laughs> when he comes back, uh-huh. all his friends still want to like mm. play war and stuff, and he's, he's like, too real I for can't. Him. Yeah, like I, you, I, you don't see like how naive mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you are right. in glorifying yeah. this awful thing. Right. Um, yeah. yeah. And there, there's the significance of the deer, especially if they're not even like eating it. I'm imagining they just, uh, are, yeah. You know, I, or like they using don't... it. There's just sense. It's pretty like, it's just sport. Right? Yeah. I think it's predominantly sport. I wouldn't be surprised if they eat it, but they don't make a point. That's part. Maybe that's part of the, uh, other 582,000 feet of film. <laughs> of just them eating uh, a deer. Uh, yeah, just, yeah, it's, it's 400,000 feet of them eating deer. Right, right. The process then, of how to Right, and the other 182,000 really prepare. sort of fills in all the gaps in the war. The war, right. Yeah. yeah. Um, rough cut. Rough cut. Um, Great, yeah. well. Should we, should we redo? Should we, let's, let's re-vote. Uh, let's re-vote. Yeah. I'm going to say uh, one... Two, three, three. The Deer Hunter. Uh, I don't know. 
it's All so right. hard not every it's day hard, that I like you know? really it's get. Hard. And you know what? Your feet are going to be held to the fire. Um, oh. You know, our plethora of listeners are going to. Plethora. What's your problem? A plethora. Plethora. Yeah. Jeez. Um, a myriad oh of my listeners God. <laughs> are going to uh, revolt um, if, if you make the wrong choice if I, here. Oh, wow. Yeah. I think it was, okay. Um, they're going to torture you. Mm. Okay, on, this is getting on the soch. violent. Oh, well, luckily I don't even check it ever because I, I check it. I just don't use it very often. Okay. Anyways, the point is I still want to get rid of it, I think. All right. Cool. Uh, cool I think that, yeah, I'm glad like the PTSD and like the fact that it takes it really seriously seems uh, important, but I do think it's perhaps at the expense of um, being uh, kind of racist. Hmm. Hmm. The end. Um, so Gina, it's okay for us to disagree yeah, at the end. Okay. They, yeah, no, 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 this fine. just never happened before. At the end, we're not talking. I'm not talking to you because we always no, agree. I know, I I'm know. talking because you push me. I push you. Push each other. Okay, um, so yeah, yeah. Uh, blah blah blah. So, I'm Gina with a G, etc. You're Stephen Moskus. I feel attacked. Let's move it now. along. Hot diggity damn! I feel attacked. Um... Yeah, 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 ba-do, ba-do. I'm just pulling up the sweet, sweet Yeah, next chart. time, 1979. 1979. Kramer the versus end Kramer. Of the 70s. Kramer versus Ooh, Kramer yeah. is both top grossing and best picture winner. Yeah. Maybe we'll do the TV show, which is 60, 60 minutes. 60 minutes. But I don't yeah. know. I don't know. I really. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't, don't know. Do, do you there's think also I'm sexy is the number songs. four Tom Grossing song? Yeah, there's you know? a lot of. As well as Ring And my there's bell. the YMCA. Oh, yeah. So maybe we'll talk about that. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? So, okay. I'm Stephen Moskis. Everywhere Stephen Moskis is Stephen Moskis. And we are a rock rising podcast. Tell me more. Tell me more. How much do I spend? Like she's like got like a rocking voice and like that never comes up. She's like, how much do I spend? Who? Jan. Oh, nice. Yeah. I didn't even know that was her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. um, he sounds like a guy. <laughs> We'll start the show the way we ended the show, with that line. Does it sound like a drag? Um, bye. I guess this is awkward now. Stop looking at me like that, Steven. Stop it. Stop it with your half smile and the. I'm just gonna move away from that. Oh my God. That was so This has been a Rock Rising Productions podcast. Thanks for listening.